Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. Thank you for joining me today. I'm your host, Steve Kramer of the Coach's Edge and Kramer Basketball. And on this episode, Barrett Kruger, Concord High School, developing a player's first culture. That's the topic of our interview today. And he does a great job breaking down how they go about building that player's first culture of family. He talks about his CP3s his daily goals, the big four that lead to their program success. It's an exciting time to be a part of the Concord High School boys basketball team. And uh, Barrett does a great job of explaining how they go about building their culture and really talk about the values that they have within their program and how those values can lead to team success as well as off-court success. And that's what we want to do as coaches, right? We don't just want to win games, no doubt about it. We want to win games, but we want to develop young people that are going to be successful five, 10, 20, 30 years down the road. And you know, Coach Kruger has that in spades with what he's trying to do at Concord High School. Absolutely love it. Before we get to the show, I do want to mention this episode comes out on October 1st. On October 15th, in two weeks, we are opening up the Coach's Edge. If you are a coach that is excited about this upcoming basketball season and you want to get better, I want you to join the Coach's Edge at coachesedge.coach. Now, if you're looking for a place where you can get videos and resources and plays and drills, do we have that? Yep, we got it. And we upload those that type of content every single month. But that's not what separates the Coach's Edge. What separates Coach's Edge, it's not even the fact that all of your players get free access to the app. It's not even the fact that we have an in-season and off-season strength and conditioning program designed by our very own strength coach with the Coach's Edge. I think what separates the Coach's Edge is it's personal. It's, it's human. There's a relationship to it. We have monthly meetings. I have private Zoom calls and phone conversations and meetings with our Coach's Edge members throughout the course of the season. We are in one another's corner. We are in this together. So if you're looking for a way to get that edge this basketball season, not just through all the resources that we provide for coaches, but you're looking at just getting another eye on things, right? Somebody in a group of people that want to help you with your youth basketball program this winter. They're going to watch some game film for you this upcoming season and just give you an outside kind of bird's eye view of what they're seeing. That's why we want you to join the Coach's Edge. All right, I've said too much. I'm, I'm excited and fired up already just, just thinking about it. Can't wait for October 15th to, to launch. Thank you to Coach Kruger for being on the episode. Let's get to the show. I'd like to give a warm Coach's Edge welcome to Barrett Kruger, varsity boys basketball coach at Concord High School. Or is it Concord High School? Coach, how do you pronounce it? Concord. Concord. The, Coach, the, the old school, the old school folks might say Concord, <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's Concord High School. <laughs> Thank you for being on the Coach's Edge podcast. Appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, appreciate the opportunity. Coach, tell us a little bit uh, about your your background. I mean, we've we met through you know a mutual connection up in Michigan. You're in North Carolina. I'm in South Carolina. So it's a small basketball world, which which I love uh, having conversations like this with coaches. But uh, as we get into this. Tell us a little bit about your coaching experience. Sure. Well, you know, first of all, I 
love this game. I'm very passionate. Been playing it since you know I was as tall as a weed. Um, and then when my playing days were over, uh, after playing a couple years in college, uh, obviously went to stay in touch with the game and just got right into it. Um, went to my former high school, Keith High School. Um, coach Tom King was the coach there and just said, hey, uh, I'm looking to do some internship stuff, uh, getting ready to get into a master's program at Ohio State and uh, want to get into coaching. You know, uh, as I say, you know, in order to be a coach, a lot of times you got to be a teacher. And so um, my first job was at Heath High School as an assistant to the program. And then uh, I was also at Excel Academy, which is a charter school in the Jackson Town, uh, Hebron area of Ohio. Um, helped out their program a little bit. They were already kind of established, but I really fell in love with coaching. I remember at that age right away. And then my uh, we, we decided to move down here to North Carolina here. And uh, originally moved to Mooresville, um, but got right away into coaching. My first job was in middle school. Um, so I kind of like how I started kind of at the ground and worked my way up, you know, um, but I, Coached middle school sports, mostly basketball, for eight years. And then uh, 2014, I uh, was hired as a JV coach at Concord High School, where I currently am. And this is now my uh, my third year as the head coach of uh, Spider Basketball Program. We're really excited and uh, to get things going again this season. Awesome. Yeah, I'm sure last year was a, was a difficult experience uh, for, for everybody, as you, you mentioned in a few emails as well. Listen, when we when we connected, we were emailing back and forth. Uh, you sent me a, a document and you really talked about how you try to emphasize a player's first culture. And you, you sent me an awesome uh, sheet that really, when I looked at it, I was like, man, this document would be awesome if you were hiring other coaches. And you gave it to them like, this is what we stand for also has a ton of value if you have players within your program and we're starting to stray or, or we just need a reminder of what is spider basketball, you can look at this sheet, but words are only words unless they have some, some emphasis behind it. So what does a player's first culture mean to you? Well, first, the idea um, I got, you know, as coaches, we we like to take ideas from one another. I feel like we're all in this profession together. Uh, we're sharing ideas and things. And it was a gentleman I worked uh, for. His name is George Walker. He was the head coach at Concord when I first got there. So he shared it with me. And, uh, you know, I just kind of expounded upon his ideas. But players first to me is exactly what it says. We got, we're going to take care of our players, you know, um, one thing, I'm not a father right now. I currently don't have any children. And I just tell the boys, you know, you're like sons to me. This is how deep I am in this. You know, I care about you, not just on the court, but off of it. And just letting them know that, especially this time of day and this age with, you know, like last season, the kind of nightmare the season was. But just it was a really important time to really get to know the players, uh, take care of their social well-being. Um, and I think when you do that, you know, you get a lot better response. You know, when the players know you have their best interests at heart, it's not hard to motivate them um, when they really trust you that way. So that's really the whole thing is just trusting one another, being a, a true family, and just knowing that I'm going to do everything I can for you as a player, but more importantly, as a person. Um, you know, I'm not, we're not going to be a coach where we, 
you know, we gobble you up and then chew you up and spit you out after four years in this program. We want to see you do great things. And one of the things that I really um, was really happy about after last year, we had five seniors. All five of them are sitting in a college classroom right now, getting a college education. And that to me is more important. And so that's what we're just trying to establish, just that personal relationship, understanding that we're caring for one another. We're in this together. And, and so far, so good. Uh, we've got a really good, you know, great group of guys who bought in. And I mean, that's really what it's been about, family. You're building an aspect of trust and relationship that's, that's long-term. And uh, I really think that once players get the chance to feel that from their coaching staff, now they can get comfortable in, in a positive way. We always talk about getting uncomfortable. They, they can get comfortable to go out there and play their heart out because they know the coaching staff has their back and those players to the right and left, they have their back. Uh, that's, that's awesome. I can't remember if it was a John Wooden or Coach K quote um, or somebody asked them, how'd the season go? And he said, I'll tell you in 20 years, see how these guys develop and become, you know, husbands and fathers and how they contribute to society. And that's what you have going with your program, which is, which is awesome. As we were emailing back and forth, you talked about how you, you can't over -pre prepare, but you can over coach. And I thought that was, that was really smart, really intriguing. So can you explain what that means to you? Yeah, sure. And I, I, I was taught that hard lesson actually last year, I tried to control a situation that was uncontrollable. And tried to really, you know, that OCD, I guess, in me thought I could control what was, you know, COVID is and was what it was last year. And it really ripped through our program. And I was trying to make sure we got on this certain amount of X's and O's and things. And after the end of the day, I was like, you know what? We just need to enjoy this season. Let's just play it. Let's have fun. The heck with wins and losses. And so it really taught me a hard lesson that, you know, there's going to be times you just can't overcoach them. You got to just let them play and figure things out on their own. I think they learn better. They play better that way. Um, you know, for instance, there's a lot of coaches out there to take out a kid for making a mistake. Uh, I, I, I tend to like to have a little leash. I want them to learn from it. And like we always talk about, go fix it. Go fix it. Um, but over preparing, I, I don't feel as, an, you know, as you, I guess you could if you too much info overload to kids. But I think the more that they know, the better. Um, you know, I, I forget the quote, but I, I remember a quote I was uh, reading one time, nothing can overcome the prepared mind. And I just find that true on the basketball court and, and within a team, you know, preparing all those situations that could arise in a game, uh, preparing for when the other team makes a run, you got to figure it out, fix it. Um, so, you know, preparing obviously for the opponent you're going to play. I mean, it's important preparation, preparation for a season, game, you name it, but can't over coach it. And sure. Get it yeah. Um, being able to prepare is one of the few things that we can control, right? <laughs> Especially during the time of COVID. There's so many things that are out of our control, uh, but being able to prepare for an opponent or continue to get better uh, at your game and as a program yeah. is something that we do have some control over. And there wasn't a playbook for last year. I'll be honest with you. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That, yeah. That was something you you really can't prepare for, but we did the best we could and we got to play season. Uh, I think the seniors had a memorable one and uh, these guys I know are eager to get back and get back to hopefully some, some real basketball this year. Yeah. No kidding. So I want to jump back to your, your program. I don't know if it's, it says 
Concord basketball, our program's culture, and you just have some, some dynamite, you know, lists and things that you try to emphasize. And at the very top, it says the CP3s, right? Now, I know Chris Paul is from North Carolina, Winston-Salem area, but I think it has another meaning. So can you explain what the CP3s are? Sure. Yeah, I don't mean to, uh, you know, invade, uh, you know, Chris Paul's trademark there, but uh, <laughs> we call them the, the Concord, you know, there's three Ps when we talk about. One is obviously the first one, positive. We got to have a positive environment. This game, you know, there's so many twists and turns. There's runs by their team, and you got to remain positive and figure out a way to fix it and maintain, you know, a, a, an even keel. Can't let emotions get the best of you. So we always talk about positive. You know, we can't, you know, let the negative plays affect us and, and you know, and uh, sit there and sulk with them. You got to figure it out. Um, and also, you know, we try to teach our guys too. Like when guys make a mistake, let's not always call each other out. Let's pick each other up. So positive environment always. You know, we want them to. And I, I just feel like players respond to that. And then we talk about prepared, which we just talked about a little bit ago. You know, we obviously want to be prepared each game, each practice, and obviously our season. You, know, you can't be over prepared, in my opinion. And uh, so. Whether it be situations in a, in a basketball game, whether it be what we're seeing that the other team is doing, what we can do to respond to them. Um, but we want to be a prepared team. Everybody's got to be prepared to play. And then last, you know, the productive part we just spoke about a little bit earlier, not just productive on the court. You know, winning is productive. We all want to win, but also off of the court. You know, we hold high academic standards with our guys. And like I said, I want to see them do things after their four years of Concord. So, being a positive person, being prepared, and then let's be productive. Let's do something. So you've established those with, within your program. Those are, those are fantastic. And you also have some daily goals for your guys. Thanks for them to keep in mind every single way uh, day. What are those and how do you establish them with your team? Well, every day we talk about let's get better than we were yesterday. I mean, that's always a goal every day. And then we, we do a lot of things when you talk about goals, like skill development wise, we were big into what we call habit drills. We are going to drill those habits, those uh, good health, health habits, especially, you know, eating right, um, taking care of our bodies, getting plenty of rest. And then obviously the skill work on the court, we're going to hit up ball handling every day. We're going to hit up passing and catching and footwork every day. We're going to work on the defensive side of the ball every single day. We're going to learn to stay in front, slide our feet. We're going to close out. Um, we're going to defend that paint the best we possibly can. We're going to work on those things every day. Things like rebounding, you know, all those little fundamentals that we really, that's a goal. We're going to get better at those each and every day so that at the end of the day, when we show up in games, those things are showing up and, and making us successful. I love that. And uh, for, for the kids to be able to you know, develop some of those habits. I mean, repetition is how we get better consistently putting in the work. And even if you're working on some of those skills for a short period of time, but if you're getting after it, if it's intense, if it's game applicable and you start to compound those days together, you're going to be a better player. You're going to be a better team. And uh, that's something that we, we can't uh, keep in mind enough. You have something else called the big four, which I thought was, really interesting. Can you explain what those are and why they have so much value to you and your team? Sure. Well, you know, we talk about a big four, what we're working on as a program, but also there's a big four to win basketball games that I feel like there's four areas. 
you know, the first one is, you know, defense, defending the paint. You know, we do not want the ball in the paint. We can't give up easy baskets. I mean, we really hammer the defensive side of the ball. Um, that's that's huge. Um, being able to stay in front and play without fouling, um, things like that. That's the first. The second one, rebounding. We got to win the battle of the boards. Uh, we we got to win that battle. Um, that's something I know the past couple of seasons our, our program has kind of struggled in that department, but I've seen a lot of progress. I, I see a team right now that's really eager to rebound. And, and I told them we, that's, that's a, a side of the floor or part of the game that we really got to address and get better at. And I feel like if you can rebound with anybody or you out rebound, you got a pretty good chance of winning. And then being a basketball IQ, making great decisions, being a student of the game one, but also taking care of the basketball. You know, our philosophy on offense is we want to get a shot every time we have a possession of the ball. We don't want any empty possessions. Um, so winning that turnover battle, I think, comes into it. And then the last thing, you know, making, um, you know, kind of finishing down the stretch, we call it ball movement, player movement, but making game winning plays, uh, making our free throws. We got to take advantage of those. We, you know, you got to make those, you know, all the time during the game. You got to make game winning plays, knowing the situation. If it's a close game, we're only up by four with a couple minutes to go. We don't need to be a hero. Let's, let's make a good game winning play. And I felt like those four, if you can win about three of those four, you got a pretty good shot at winning a basketball game. Obviously, you do all four. I, I, I don't think we've ever lost when we yeah. hit those. Yeah. But uh, you start getting 50-50 with those four parts of the game. That's when you're, you're going to be behind or you're going to have a rough time trying to win that ball game. So I always felt like those four areas were, the, were, were what we really need to do well each mm -hmm. game. No, I love that. And every – coach has, you know, some, you know, whether it's four or five, you know, keys to what makes their team successful. And uh, you, you broke those down really well. I was at a uh, exposure camp for some guys that were trying to play overseas. And one of the coaches there had played for North Carolina. And I feel so bad because I can't remember his name, but, but he does some coach, uh, some coaching in a semi-pro league. And he said something that was just super simple and profound to me of how he coaches his guys. And he's like, I don't coach selfish and I don't coach stupid. But other than that, if you go out there and you're working hard and you make some mistakes, I'm okay. As long as those mistakes aren't because of, you being selfish. And as long as they're not due to something that was stupid, meaning we've, we've gone over this a million times, you know, not to do it. You, you know, still did. And I was like, man, if, if, if we can just, you know, lay some, some ground rules for what we're trying to do out there, you know, how much easier is it going to be for those kids to go out knowing like, here's the keys to our program. Here's our big four as far as IQ and ball movement. And we, we got to make sure we crash the boards. We have to make sure that we stay in front. And are they checking those boxes? Okay, well, I'm probably doing some good things while I'm out on the court contributing to the team. And I know you have a, you know, a defensive focus. You have four defensive no-nos. Can you explain what those no-nos are for your program? Well, yeah, my, my first year as a head coach <laughs> – we fouled way too much. Um, I mean, it was literally so bad. We had to we had to go to zone. And I, I'm not a big zone guy, but I know sometimes you may just to change it up a little bit mid-game or whatever, just to throw something at the other team. But we could not play without fouling. So we said, no fouling. Don't let them blow by. Just do everything you can to stay in front. 
And so that was the biggest one. And then the second one, no paint touches. We That's just what we're trying to do. Uh, we run kind of like a pack line, like, like Virginia runs, kind of man-to-man defense. We just want to make sure we keep everything out of the paint. Let's make them shoot a challenge jump shot. That's big. We don't want any uncontested shots. That's why we talk closeouts are so huge now. We work on those every day, getting that hand up, making making sure we get a hand up on it, all shooters. And then the last defense thing, we got to get one shot now. No offensive rebounds allowed. Let's get that ball and let's go the other way. Um, I always felt like defensively, those were four real key areas if you're going to be pretty good defensively. And then I guess you throw in a fifth one. We really chart to what we call, I call them turkeys. You know, uh, my brother-in-law, Nick, talked to you and uh, we're bowlers. And, uh, you know, you get three in a row, that's a turkey. That's what we're trying to do on a basketball court, too. We, uh, we keep chart uh, of turkeys in the course of the game. So a lot of times that spurns runs and things like that if you can get those stops. Yeah, three stops in a row. Um, I love that. You mentioned working on closeout so much, which is a big key to the way Virginia plays. And obviously, as offense, you're trying to create as many tough closeouts as you can to be an effective offensive team. So are there any specific things that you do with your guys technique wise to make sure they're really working on those closeouts correctly? Well, yeah, we, I mean, we rep them every day. Yeah. Uh, we call them uh, three sprints, three chops, and I better see two hands up. Okay. Uh, so three sprints, three chops, two hands up and, and into a distance, um, you know, way guys are now so skilled I mean everybody can really handle the ball and drive it I just see that a lot and so we're really just trying to you know stop that from happening we we would rather have the challenge jump shot than obviously then getting into the paint five on four now you're in a problem now you're in a situation so are you I'm trying to visualize this so you're sprinting out you're chop stepping you got your hands up are you thinking okay take away initial catch and shoot and then come back a little bit to protect on the drive or you kind of stay in one spot on that closeout? We're kind of a, we're to a distance, uh, arms length, I guess, if that's what you want to call mm-hmm. it. We're to a distance. We want the two hands. Cause I always felt like by having two, you're taking away vision, whether it's a shot or a pass. I mean, out of the three things you can do with the ball is either shoot, pass or dribble. So if we're taking away the two or the ball's up, I, I feel like we're at least defending that right away. But then, once that ball comes down, hands are down, and now we're actively guarding to a distance, keeping them in front. Yeah. Awesome. Before we get back to the episode, I want to thank you for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. And if you find this episode beneficial, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. That goes a really long way as we continue to build the Coach's Edge. And most of all, share this episode out with someone else who you think also may find it beneficial. That's what the Coach's Edge is all about, trying to give you an edge an advantage. Let's get better together. Back to the show. You've coached at a handful of levels, assistant coach, varsity coach now for for the past three years. How do you connect your culture to the entire program? Because I think this is huge for a lot of the coaches I talk to, especially ones that haven't coached, you know, for 10, 15, 20 years at the varsity level is, okay, I got this team and we're trying to win and we're trying to do all this stuff with our 12 guys or whatever it is or 12 girls, but you also have a program to run. So how do you start to work that culture and have that trickle-down effect to the youth program? Well, that's one thing I'm pretty proud of, my background in history of coaching. I've worked at those levels, and I understand how important it is. You have to have connection between Mm -hmm. your feeder schools, middle school, 
Uh, I was a JV coach. I remember JV sometimes somebody just kind of shoves them off to the side. We're worried about the varsity, not, not at Concord. Um, we, we are truly one big program. I mean, I actually, with our JV, they get pretty much the same swag and gear as a varsity does. I just want everybody to understand we are one program. We also do some things at the middle school where uh, we work with them, um, with some events and things like that. Uh, we go down there and obviously watch them a couple times a year. And I make the, my guys go down there and cheer them on as well so that we can really bridge that gap and get those get those guys at the middle school really excited to become a spider once they come in. And that, that was working. It's just uh, last year we had a kind of a rough year. Uh, middle school teams didn't get to play uh, yeah. here in our area. So trying to get that established back, that's going to be a major goal. But I think you have to connect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to show your face. You got to show you care, especially nowadays, um, you know, with kids going all over the place. They have so many opportunities to go to different schools and programs. If you want to keep your kids, you got to make sure you're there and you're showing your face and that you're showing some interest in them. And, and uh, you got to take care of those kids, too. You never know. These, these JV guys, maybe, you know, after a year or two of great experience, they might turn into some pretty good players. It's going to be up there on varsity and making a headway for your team. In. So I really think it's important. Uh, and I think it builds that family atmosphere, which is what we're pushing for as a culture in our program. Sure. And it definitely builds an excitement for the, the youth program to, and those junior high kids to be able to see your face and say, I want to be there one day. You're, you're making that connection, which, which is huge. Um, as we get towards the end of our, our podcast together, um, you have some individual stats. You have five individual stats that you like to track with, with your team. Can you tell us what those five are and why you try to emphasize those so much because they're not, listen, they're not, you know, how many threes did you hit or how many free throws did somebody hit or, you know, how many points is somebody averaging, uh, not even how many assists is somebody getting. So I'll throw it over to you. Well, um, you know, there's a term sometimes we like to do. I want some dogs out there playing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We like the physicality guys. The guys are just going to, we call the ball is ours. I don't care where it's at. It's either up in the air on the floor Heck, if it's out in the concession stand, I want, you know, there needs to be a spider on. I don't care where it's at. So, yeah, we do keep a lot of those hustle type plays. I just feel like that's important to establish that, you know, rebounding. uh, That's the biggest one. I mean, that's been our kind of MO. We need to really, really dial in on that if we're going to be a successful team, because that has really hurt us the last couple of years. Loose balls is 50 50 balls. um, You know, we chart those all the time. you know, uh, just making sure they understand that, that ball again has got to be ours. There's got to be a spider on it. And I also keep ball gains and deflections. I like to call them tips. You know, I tell them we're going to be blue collar. We're going to be like servers and waitress, you know, waiters and, and that they got to earn tips to make a living. Well, we need to get some tips and get some deflections and make a living on the defensive end. So playing with our hands up, having active hands. Uh, my big one is charges. I love charting those. We actually have a, we, uh, I give kids cheeseburgers for getting a charge, and we actually have a belt. I wish I had it with me, but my player who won last year, he's right now sitting at home with it, but I got a big old wrestling belt with a big cheeseburger <laughs> on it. And we give them the belt for taking the most charges in a season, and they that just cool. kind of like that. Yeah, there's a lot of competitive banter with that. Mm. And then I, the turnovers. I, I just like to throw that in there. It's just so important to me. you got to take care of the ball. 
no empty possessions like we talked about earlier. So those are the five real individual. I really like to set a tone with the guys. Like you said, I care less about the scoring. If we all share the ball and we, you know, we do what we're supposed to execution wise, we're, we're going to score. If we play good defense, we're going to get out in transition. We're going to score. But that I, I think those five, we really try to hammer to the boys and uh, they're taking, they're taking a, uh, they're they're enjoying let's just say some of those stats they they have some competitive like i said banter in the locker room over those well you make you make a one you want to get those in order to win games but you you make it competitive within your own team which is really cool and when i read those five the first word that came to my mind was toughness i think if you're a tough player you're going to be able to do those and if you're a tough team you're going to be able to win those battles. And so I'm like, like rebounding is not about who's going to jump the highest or who's the tallest. It's so much about getting in position, being physical, taking that extra step or that extra bump in order to get that basketball, the loose balls, right? The 50, 50 balls, they can't be 50, 50. Right. And so for for you, if you're getting 75 percent of those 50 50 balls, think of how many extra possessions you're getting throughout the course of the game. But it comes back to what you said. The ball is ours. I wrote that down. Right. And, and when in that mindset of the ball is ours, that's what I'm thinking when I see a loose ball. I'm going on the floor. I'm going in the stands. Like you said, going in the popcorn stand, wherever it is. That's awesome. And those those deflections add up. You may not get a steal. Right. And and I might be defending you and I tip it, but the ball goes out of bounds. OK, well, there's not a whole lot. You guys get the basketball back. But I've also sent a message. I've sent a message to my teammates. I'm on it. Right. I'm paying attention. I'm, I'm alert. And I've also sent a message to the guy that I'm guarding. You better be careful. Right. You can't make that pass. I'm going to take. That. And now they're going to be a little more delayed, a little slower. They might not react as quickly as they would normally like to, which is going to help our other guys as well. You mentioned taking charges which is huge, being tough, you got to sacrifice your body. And limiting the turnovers. I don't think we think of toughness enough in that area, but that's mentally tough. That's being alert. That's being on it. That's making sure that you're not careless, right? And if you're careless, right, that's that's an area where you're not being tough. And so I, I just love, love those five things. And again, to our coaches listening, like Coach Kruger has – you know, the CP3s, he's got the individual stats, he's got the X factors and the big fours and shooting and academic. He's got all of these little lists where players and coaches could look at them and say, aha, I know what coach wants. I know what the program wants. I know what I need to do as a player in order to help our team be real successful. And the other thing that I love is I'm looking at this. This is so team oriented. This is this is so unselfish and tough is what I think uh, about this, which, which goes back into thinking about culture and family. And if, if you want to be at a great family, right, you got to be able to sacrifice, you got to be able to serve other people. Um, and, and just so it's, it's really impressive what you've, what you've put together uh, there. So tell me how, how have coaches impacted you in the way that you want to pass on to your players? Well, I've had some good coaches growing up. I had some military coaches, um, whether it was in football or basketball. I just had really good coaches growing up. And then I'll just say, too, like even this, this 
culture list that you're referring to, um, you know, I got that from a really uh, good coach in our, my area named Matt Sides. Uh, he just recently, uh, he resigned. He's, he's stepping away uh, for this year. I, I know he's probably really itching to get back already, but uh, very great basketball mind. And, and uh, you know, he won a state title, the 2A level here in, in North Carolina. And he's just a phenomenal coach. And you just see his players, they look to him and they, you just see they want to play for them. And, and I do that with a lot. I mean, I'm very observant. Um, we've got a lot of great coaches around my area. You know, our conference, uh, we got some really good ones here in Cabarrus County. And I'm just very observant. I like to talk. I like to ask questions, just to see them watch. Um, you can just get a lot. There's a lot of people working hard out there that do a lot of great things. And there ain't nothing wrong with stealing some ideas or sharing with each other. I just think that's what we're all trying to do is be the best coaches we can be. And if that's sharing ideas and things like that, I, I think that's great. Yeah, absolutely. All right, a couple of rapid fire uh, questions for front as we we finish out. Been North Carolina for a while. NC State, Duke, North Carolina. Where do your loyalties lie? Uh, neither. Just Buckeyes. <laughs> I'm, an I'm an Ohio State Buckeye, but I will say um, North Carolina. <laughs> I do root for. We have a player playing for the net. Did play in our program as a freshman, sophomore, Leaky Black. Mm -hmm. He played. I remember seeing him play. School. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we I, I tend to watch them a little bit uh, to watch uh, him play as well. So there is a little bit, I guess, of a, you know, an observation of them from afar. But, yeah, I'm a Buckeye. I'm a oh, Buc man, man. I don't, I don't know how I feel about feel about that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, a couple, couple other uh, rapid-fire questions. Uh, chain net or nylon net? I love the chain. Uh, growing up, I used to play in the playground all the time, and that's what we had. Um, but yeah, I love I love the sound of that when mm. you uh, when you knock that down. So yeah, I'm I'm big on the chain. Okay, maybe I'll take take you back because I love the the chain net as well. Um, who's made the biggest impact on you as a coach? Good question. Um, well, when I first got into coaching, Coach Tom King, who was the head coach at Heath High School there for a while, he really got me. Um, you know, just showed me the ropes, got me really um, eager and uh, was a really willing learner. Um, so he kind of set the foundation for me. I just loved how he cared about his players and the things that he did. He's very organized. And my, my father, too, I'll be honest with you. My father, you know, he used to coach me in, you know, bitty leagues and stuff like that. But, um, you know, he's a very avid watcher, observer, and he had some a lot of good things to say and whether it was critiquing and some feedback. Maybe it was not some of the stuff I didn't want to hear, but he always had some things to say that I thought was always a learning uh, point for me. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say those two. And then a lot of the guys I've coached with uh, since I've come to Concord, you know, from George Walker, who was the head coach when I first got here, to Jason Stowe, who was the coach um, after that, that I worked under as a JDB and as assistant with him. Um, and I've learned quite a bit from a lot of former coaches at Concord. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'd say quite a few, but those are probably the biggest. Awesome. That's, that's very cool. And, I mean, just the amount of people that you listed, first of all, cool that you mentioned your dad as well, because my dad was big influencing me as a, as a player and as a coach and as a person um, as well. For, for all of our listeners, you're probably thinking as I asked that question, you know, who are some of those people that made an impact for you? So I encourage you, you think of a couple of people and you haven't talked to them in a while, shoot them a text, give them a phone call, send them an email. And thank them for the impact that they've made. 
Last question, coach. What, from a basketball standpoint, what gets you out of bed in the morning? What gets you fired up more than anything else from a basketball perspective? I love practice. Mm -hmm. I love being with the guys. I just, you know, especially after the year that we had, I mean, I, I can't tell you how just um, awful it was at times. You know, you're, I'm sitting here like with you right now in front of a computer screen. Well, that's how it was with my yeah. with my players last year. I mean, literally for you know, almost a year, I sat there and we're going over X's and O's and stuff across the computer screen. I know they were sick of it. You know, I know I tried to text and call them all the time, but it just never was the same until we got back. And so now that we're back and we're hanging out, I just, I love every minute of it. I love being with them. It's just, it's something I, you know, I live for. Um, but that interaction with the guys um, and also getting to play some basketball, the game we all love, but just being with yeah. them is really what I look forward to. It gets me ready to rock every day, every day we got workouts. So. Absolutely. No, I, I love that. That's a, that's a great answer. I, I remember when I came back, when I was playing in, in Europe and, and I hung up the sneakers and I came back and I would get asked a lot, you know, do you, do you miss playing or what do you miss most? And it was like, I miss the guys. I miss the team. Right. And where do you spend the most of your time practice, you know, and then you're hanging out with each other um, before practice, after practice, and you really do become like a family. And it, it wasn't, it wasn't the games. It wasn't the the big games. It wasn't how many games we won or how many. It was being around the guys, you know, and uh, being being part of a team is is a special thing and and something that we're not taking for granted, especially now with the pandemic. I know you're not, uh, coach. After what we've been through, I want to wish you the the very best of luck in your next season. I know I'll be following you for all of our listeners. Concord High School in, in North Carolina. You can give them a follow. I'll put coaches' uh, links to, to the program in the description of the podcast below. Uh, but this was awesome to, to get to hear a little bit about your program's culture. You have an awesome thing going. Uh, Coach, thanks for taking the time to be on the Coach's Edge. Hey, thank you, Steve. I really appreciate it. And best of luck to you too this year with everything you're doing. I appreciate you doing this, this forum like this. I really like it. Coaches, thank you for listening. And as always, get after today. Thank you for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. If you have questions, reach out to me. Contact at KramerBasketball.com, at Coach's Edge 1 on Twitter. If you just want to learn more about everything that we have going on, thank you to Coach Kruger for taking the time to be on the show. Man, what an exciting time to be a part of his high school basketball program. I look forward to following their program this upcoming season. If you found this episode beneficial, please subscribe, rate, and review. That goes a long way. We're all in this together, trying to help one another out as coaches. And I hope that this podcast is just a small piece of what you're trying to do as a coach as you continue to get better. As always, get after it today.